Welcome along to Craggy Island Rugby, episode two. We're here in the, the Doll Bar, here in the, the centre of Galway City, where the Connacht clan have their link up for live games. And we just watched the game from great atmosphere. And I have three guests with me uh, who are going to be on the podcast once in a while when we get them, when they're in, in the mood for it. Declan Ryan, you're very welcome. Thanks very much, Rob. Great to be here. The Connacht clan and also Shane Sheridan from the Connacht clan. Rob Power, thanks. Yeah, good to have you here. And we have uh, David Finn as well from Sports Radar and the general rugby journalist here in the West of Ireland. Uh, good evening, Rob. Uh, how are you? Yeah, it's good to have you on. And uh, well, let's get stuck into it. Let's start with you, David, because uh, we have a little package with the lads who took us through the game in the middle of it, and we'll, we'll bring that in in a couple of seconds to give you thoughts during the game. Your initial thoughts afterwards, Connick, two initial from two. Initial thoughts after the game. I mean, if we're going to play that badly and take four points, I can live with it. Uh, it, was yeah. a, it was a performance where the guys who you wouldn't expect to make mistakes, like some Mick, Robbie, Kieran, to a certain degree, uh, just they made mistakes you would normally see. Dara's kicking wasn't there in the first half. There was Jack was over kicking the ball, and at the end of the day, we've come out with four points. Where norm, oh, every time we did that last season, we got hammered off the pitch. I'm happy to take the points because I know that we can get better. This is what we were. This is what we were talking about. The problem last season was we were ending up on the wrong side of these games. You know that were too tight. We're playing badly, and we're still ending up on the right side this time. So um, I can take it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shane. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, we scored our try there about 73 minutes, 74 minutes. Whereas a year ago or two years ago, the heads would have been down. We wouldn't have taken our chances there. We would have lost that game by 10 points, 15 points, as opposed to winning it. Putting your hand off for a bonus point there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10 minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So look, it's it's all it's all progress. It's it's a win. We've had two wins from two at the start start of the season. I think. A couple of weeks ago, anybody would have taken that. Not a classic Connacht performance by any stretch of the imagination. Not a great Edinburgh performance either, but we came out on top and look, we're the people celebrating tonight, so happy days. Alright, before we'll get into the meet and drink of the game in a minute, we have a little package which will give you an idea how we felt during the game up until the 60 minute mark. We're too excited at the end. Listen, you're, you've been to the Doll Bar a few times before, this is a link up to Connacht Clan have. I really enjoy the atmosphere, it's good crack and it's nice to come out and watch it with a few people. Yeah, no, it's somewhere we tried to get the, the general Connacht Rugby supporters kind of community together in one spot and uh, we were in the dot here uh, they're our main sponsors um, they've looked after us so yeah we get a, generally get a decent crowd together to watch the game on TV and it's better than watching it at home isn't it? Yeah, it's hooked absolutely not to mention the fact that we're all relieved when that final whistle went we're all like roaring you turn around there's uh, chicken wings in front of you just a well that's it there's the chicken wings but there was also a very <laughs> very scared German family sitting oh, right beside us yeah. and there was a point at when just before we, uh, we scored the try where I think everybody was on their feet screaming now it wasn't entirely clean it wasn't you know for I should have recorded it I don't yeah. know. it wasn't PG PG 13 kind of a uh, kind of language that was used <laughs> at all I think they're a bit shocked I think they're a bit put off but uh, look it's good it's great uh, it's great to get, have a place that you can go to in the middle of town for the games you know we had uh, the two different channels going we had uh, BBC Alba and we had TG Carr both of them showing them in Gaelic which uh, didn't work out that badly so it was good I'm just going to say that speaking of BBC BBC Alba said not to be broadcasting in Scots Gaelic so we switched it to the Irish language version <laughs> and then just to add out oh, the camera I'm just going to have a yeah, yeah. my, my film yeah. cameraman just went nuts in the second half started following feet rather than the ball and it was just I thought yeah, it's first yeah time Willie flew in a Sinbind and there's no video evidence of it whatsoever there was no actually neither Sinbind they lost they seemed to lose their replay truck in the second half why WP Nell was, sent, was given a yellow card is beyond me I'd like to have seen what he did 
But uh, in terms of if I was, if, in terms of people who were coming out for a game, especially for away games, because you're, you're, you're tempted to stay at home, maybe put the feet up, come out. It's good to get out because I've never because the work I do means I'm, I'm kind of I'm at games rather than involved in games. Yeah. So it was nice yeah. to be out, and it's nice to see, nice to be out with guys who. It's kind of like a mini, a mini replica of the Clan Terrace in a bar with chicken wings. It's great. <laughs> chicken wings and some German tourists confused. <laughs> one, one last point about the German tourists. We were saying, Declan, we win a penalty in the 22 and we roar like it's a score. Then when he, when he actually kicks the penalty, we're all like, yay. Polite applause, yeah. yeah they must yeah. be so confused. Like, why yeah. are they cheering? But winning the penalty is more important than actually scoring it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think we amazed them. I think they might be rugby fans from here on forth. Hey, let's go to the little segment now. Now's a good time to drop it in. This was us watching the game, little thoughts before the game, during the game, and you know, nothing afterwards because we keep forgetting to press record afterwards. Anyways, here it is. Right, Declan and Shane with me. Declan, thoughts on the game. What are you expecting tonight? Just kicking off. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. You know, it's the first away game of the season. Generally, we haven't done that well in Edinburgh away. Uh, I'm just hoping for a good performance, really. If we get any points out of it at all, I think I'll be happy. Any points at all, Shane? I'm looking for a really good. Uh, I'm expecting a win. I'd, well, I'd love to see a win. I'm looking for some really good play from our backs tonight. Yeah. I think it's really exciting. Really, really young backs. Uh, a solid performance from the from the forward pack again, uh, and I think we have it. All right, lads. We'll be back in about 20, 30 minutes. We'll see where we are. 21 minutes gone. Stop and play. 6-0 to Edinburgh. Uh, start with you, Declan. What do you think so far? Yeah, it's been kind of uninspiring stuff. We haven't really got a hold of the ball. We haven't really played any territory or anything like that. We've given away some soft penalties. That's why we're down six points. Um, we need to get going, you know. We need to hang on to the ball. We need to play territory and just make things happen. Uh, I think it's been really lateral, but I do think our defence has been holding up relatively well. We've been keeping them to their line. Um, there hasn't been any major major overlaps that some lad hasn't been able to get back and cover so hopefully we'll kick we'll kick on I think the penalties is a major problem I don't think I've seen any tactical kick at all from a from a Connacht player so far but uh, plenty of time left yet Indeed. Connacht have a good attacking line out here 21 and a half minutes gone 6 nil. well half time 13-6 Edinburgh could have been 13-6 Connacht what do you reckon Shane? Yeah, uh, look, it's just—it's hard to really, uh, to really be objective about it at the moment. It's just such a stupid try to give away. We were completely caught out. Um, huge overlap. Nobody there to cover. It's just—it's—it's it's a kick in the teeth, really. With 40, 42 minutes gone in the first half to give away something like that. I thought we'd been—we'd we'd been on top of them for most of the game. Our scrum had been really dominant, and now seven points down. I thought a uh, possible forward pass in the lead up to that, but Connick had their own line out in their own 22. They didn't go to, go to hand. Yeah, even the kick, the kick that led to the line out, we hadn't covered well. Um, you know, we, we messed up our own line out, we gave it to them, and then they dragged us left and right for a while and gaps appeared, you know, but that's kind of the worry of the stairs that uh, under, under persistent pressure from teams, without the, without the defensive structures in place, we just uh, gaps appear and we let in tries. A lot of visits to the 22 and only two penalties. Yeah, we haven't been kind of clever in the way we've um, taken our scores. There's been a lot of knocks on, knock-ons and stuff like that. We got a penalty out of one, luckily enough. But um, I would have been delighted to go in at six all at half time. But that's a kick in the teeth now. We'll see if they can bounce back. Not feeling too confident now, Shane. Yeah. Oh, look, it's uh, I'm a bit down. But uh, look, you never know. Hopefully, the confidence will come back. I think one thing is uh, Robbie Henshaw has made a couple of really uncharacteristic errors. Uh, he's made a couple of stupid mistakes. He's been too quick to get the ball out where he should have maybe held onto it. Hopefully that's just a bit of rust. Uh, it's, his first, it's his first game of, of, of the season. Hopefully he's going to find a, find a high gear and uh, create some chances for us in the second half. 
Right, lads, it's 63 minutes on the clock. Declan, start with you. Connacht have played much better in this third quarter. Yeah, we're turning the tide. We're hanging on to the ball. We, we were kicking along for touch. You know, we're taking our line outs. Um, we're playing well, you know, and it's um, hopefully we can turn it around. Unfortunately, we did a very good passage to play there where uh, we um, we were threatening for a try, but it didn't happen. But they're, they're still plugging away, and hopefully we can get another score. We're only four points down, you know. I think uh, we're in a good position. Yeah, Edinburgh down to uh, 14 men, and the referee's just gone to the TMO, which is going to confuse us a bit here for a minute as we try and see what he spotted that he didn't like. Leaving that aside, Shane, for a second, if you can. Uh, Talk so far. I think it's been better. I still think we need to. There's been a, a kind of a lack of ability to think ahead more than a phase or two. Kicking still hasn't been great. It's been better uh, this half so far than the first half. Um, I think we need to be thinking a little bit more tactically about getting getting the ball out and getting the ball around. But uh, yeah, definitely much more encouraging in the second half so far. That's a stare to be won, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Four points down. Yeah. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're in the smoking area of the doll bar because uh, chart music just doesn't add very well to to the uh, podcast. A bit of Charles and Eddie improves every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure it's it's appropriate in any way. Really, to be honest, uh, where to start? Uh, I don't know. First half, maybe David, bring it in here because you said, like you said, Connacht played badly. What was it about Connacht that There's, like? It's hard to explain. Maybe it's the early season, but I felt uh, to a certain degree last week as well. It's just it's it, it's functional. It's it's going. There's a lot of functionality to it. We're doing what we're supposed to do but there's no cutting edge there's nothing different maybe Robbie to the first half was trying a little too hard he was trying flicks that were coming off Kieran was doing fine the guys were going there was go forward but it was go forward because Edinburgh dropped off and let us go forward and then when they needed to they could step it up and that's when we started to cup off the ball Mick coughed up a couple um, I think Dennis dropped one as well and there's no but when the back, when it's getting out to the backs, there's nothing at the moment that would suggest they're going to do. Someone's going to do something completely insane and break three guys. Maybe that will come with Bundy. I don't know. But maybe it is just the early season. Maybe just to stick in the form and let's get the points and let's worry about performance to come afterwards. In that first half, it seemed very, very functional, and we benefited primarily because Edinburgh turned out to be as bad as us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely agree. I think with the with the back line that we have there. I think there was there, there was very little to show for it. There was so few line breaks. There was, you know, it, it, it there was there was nothing impressive about our back play at all. Uh, I think there should have been should have been more. There. I mean, again, look, a win is a win, but it's not the kind of the kind of thing that's going to, going to go down in history. But look, we're trying to we're trying to play very flat, it seems, and, and the passes are very flat, and I think that's what led to a couple of the knock-ons by Mick, the likes of McCarney and Dennis Buckley or whoever. But we did make a couple of breaks when um, Dave McSherry got on the ball and he crashed yeah. through a few times and even Robbie and Danny Pullman got through a couple of times so I, I've always been saying for years that if the Connacht back line would play with speed and play flat uh, we, we'd be a lot better uh, we'd score a lot more tries but it's just it's almost a little bit too much at times you know and, and we're risking interceptions we risked a couple of interceptions uh, last week against Dragons I thought um, we just need to rein in a little bit and kind of be a little bit smarter in terms of where the passes go. Like you saw Marmion throw a bad pass today, which I can't remember seeing. Yeah, that was the one to Dennis Buckley, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that maybe we're just trying a little bit too hard to play fat and play fast and play up front, and we need to just 
put a little bit more depth into it and be a little more comfortable coming onto the ball. And the symptoms of that, chain are some of the errors that you don't see other teams make. You know, you're, you're just around halfway. It's a steady ball out on the touchline. A simple pass infield to Dennis Buckley is knocking on because it wasn't right. Yeah, I mean, look, again, a, a guy like Kieran Marmion's experience and his obvious raw talent shouldn't be making mistakes like that. Part of you thinks, look, it's the second game of the season. Maybe there's a little bit of rust he needs, he needs, to, he needs to, to shake off. He didn't have that last week. He didn't have that for the other 79 minutes, minutes of the game. I would hate to think that it's nervous, but it's just there's just a lack of consistency, and it's not just from people like here. I mean, it's from 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 everybody, from 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 the front front row to the to the, to the full back. It's just when you when you need them not to make the basic errors, they seem to make the basic errors. Like we gave away five six penalties that were completely unforced tonight. Yeah, mostly in, in possession. The sides, yeah. No, and yeah, stupid little things. You know, like why are you going in from the side? There's there's no one in the ruck. They're being cleared out. Why are you doing that? Hey, let me jump in here, David. This is hilarious, really, when you think about it, because people are tuning into a podcast after we've won two in a row, and we're so critical. Yeah. Well, it's better to be in that way because Isn't I mean, I mean you, you were there after the game last week, and we were sitting, we were in the in the the, the press room afterwards, and Pat comes out and says, "It feels like we lost that game, and they won 16-11. Here we are. What we're doing is complaining about complaining about like the three infamous infamous sides when we're in possession are unforgivable. I mean, one was a bit iffy, but the other two were so clear cut. Referee has no alternative but to give them, and yet we win this game. I think it's there's an awful lot we can improve on. There is something missing in terms of spark from the back line. And Marmion, I think, may be trying a little too hard because in terms of games played, Marmion's the most experienced back of that from 9 to 15 we had out there. And maybe he's trying too hard. You can see with Robbie, he's, he's expecting international. He's yeah, trying that was his first game for quite a while. Yeah. And he's back and he's trying, he's just trying a little too hard. As much because maybe he feels he's not guaranteed to play or maybe he feels that because he's playing less because of the, the welfare system, he's gonna when he is there, he's going to have to do more. But, and you know, again, we are being hypercritical but it's good to be hypercritical when yeah. we're winning there's no point taking these moral how many moral victories did we have last year I'd rather be sitting here moaning about real victories than moaning about moral victories uh, on top of that and I'll bring you in on this Declan like there was no jumping on each other when they won that game there was no over celebration they weren't like us in the, in the top bar up here it was. I think we were actually kind of in shock when we won it because we, we, we scraped through you know I would have taken a bonus point five minutes beforehand but um, yeah to get four points out of that game was amazing uh, given the performance level we had and we've got Leinster up next week and that generally is our best performance of the season so hopefully you know we'll, we'll, we'll see the improvements then Dennis Buckley you you, just, you, you look at him today you wanted to, you wanted to talk about him oh, I love Buckley I love Buckley I mean Buckley went through a period at the start of last season where yeah. there was stuff that was happening not necessarily to do with rugby was affecting his game yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. that's, 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 and I believe it's it even at that it's always good fun down though <laughs> yeah but somebody clearly had a word with him in the, about halfway through last season and he started doing it I think the game that really showed him he could do something special was the game away to the Dragons last year where they had to take the front row off, the, off after 20 minutes last week I, you know we gave him man of the match primarily because he, he was destroying scrums to, destroying scrums last week today now there was a bit of an issue when we were putting in that maybe needs to look at but when they were putting in and five penalties given against the, the Edinburgh scrum he has whatever tiny hope John Andres has of ever making an Irish squad was destroyed tonight by Dennis Buckley yeah. and the tragedy yeah. about all of this is that you could be a third choice loose head in Leinster a second choice loose head in Munster but if you're first choice in, in Connacht and you are destroying scrums on a regular basis no one seems to be looking at you they came down last week and they had to look at him, you have to see that. And if he isn't at least in the squad, 
because Rodney's in the squad and isn't starting Dennis isn't in the squad and is starting and he's making a much bigger impact on the game you can also be a New Zealander who's never played on the island that gets straight into the Irish team but that's a whole other story about Michael Bent <laughs> get that day game there uh, Shane yeah just on that I, I guess what I was going to say was just to emphasise exactly what David was saying the very last scrum of the game Edinburgh do a crooked feed why? because they're under so much pressure through the entire game well that's it I mean our scrum was absolutely dominant um, it seemed to be absolutely, absolutely except dominant. we didn't hook the ball a lot on our own well that's yeah. it exactly when, 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 part of the tactic part. when they had the feed we invariably got the penalty when we had the feed it was 50-50 or at least it seemed to me as if it was 50-50 we didn't hook we didn't hook, we didn't hook the ball it was just sitting there That's oh, what but it there like. isn't a prop among us so uh, like I mean you know Dan McFarland has, has looked at this he feels this is the way to attack their scrum but at the same time it seems so strange on our own line it's a little bit overconfident I think not to like secure the ball before you get the drive on yeah. I would say anyway you know well, the, one, the one turnover that they got the one that we lost against the head was because exactly because we didn't hook we left it there we went for the push they got a counter shove on the got it we, we hooked them secured the ball first Dane shove but it could be our, I think it got the scrums we did well Dave Heffern is still learning the game still learning the technicalities and unfortunately what happened to Sean Henry he looks like an ankle but Sean went off Dave came on and we simply seemed in those last three or four important scrums at the very end of the game there seemed to be a bit more security so I just wonder if Sean is a better thrower of the ball and is better for the line out and Dave is better, better at the moment oh, for yeah, hooking so that could be an issue to look at yeah I, I thought that exact same thing actually just at the end the scrum just seemed a little bit more solid yeah I mean and look again I would say that we certainly we, we while we weren't hooking hooking the ball when it was when it was our feet, we still of the two packs we were definitely the most dominant dominant tonight. I thought Sean had an all, had an all right game, maybe a better throwing uh, throw on the line out than than Dave had. Uh, maybe the scrum was a little bit little bit more solid on, 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 under Dave. But look it, again, it's it's great to see the pack being dominant. I mean, looking at Edinburgh last week, and they completely outmuscled the Edinburgh pack, and then we have, yeah. we completely outmuscled the Edinburgh pack tonight. Yeah. You know, if you're doing the maths, that means that Bring we should. Monster. Exactly. <laughs> we're two times as good as Munster and scrums. I, I think that's that's straightforward, really. Right, David. The Connacht try universally as a group of about whatever how many fans were in there. We had a quick discussion, and all agreed you should go for the post. They went to the corner and scored the try. Um, no. No. Okay. No, sorry. No, that was no, just no, a mighty. No, well, I will stand out as the as the outlier. I didn't think. I thought. I thought it was a. I thought I could understand why they went for the corner. I just think they felt we were going for the win. They felt they had the strength in the back, and it is look. There were sixteen. There were not. There wasn't sixteen. It was about. It was about ten guys in that mall, and it was backs. It was forwards. I mean, I definitely saw Fionn was in there. Uh, Marmy was in the middle of it, but there's something it's, it's, it's much more about confidence we can get the try You're, you, yeah do you think? there was a time factor as well and also maybe it's something to be said as well that Dara maybe doesn't need that amount of pressure to for a kick like that to get it over to bring, it up, bring us in because as we saw we, he didn't take the conversion so that was significant as well he, he was gone off there just to be pedantic so that might also have been a factor I, I, I saw Ronson come on but didn't see who went off yeah. so oh yeah of course yeah, so yeah. It would, he wasn't so maybe it was just a case of it's outside Jack's range um, there's we'll talk about in a second about something that was said in, in uh, uh, during the week about the kickers but they 
it's, it's, it's nice to have that confidence to go for the corner, to go for the try, to get the five and to go for the win, rather than go for three and hope that you get the ball back. Because there's no guarantee you're going to get a penalty, there's no guarantee you're not going to make a mistake. So it was confidence, and it's good. I thought it was positive play. I think I said it during the, during the actual game, but we, we seem to be going to Dara a little bit too much for kicks, you know, hit and hope kind of stuff. There, I know he, he's got the range, but he doesn't really have the accuracy at the range. Uh, that's that's the thing. And um, we should be going to the corner and trying to play a bit more territory uh, early on in the game, at least. Yeah. Right. Well, the try was brilliantly finished because initially it looked like the mall was stalled because Quinn Rue was on the ground. But that's the thing. We seem to be technically so solid that we regrouped and just drove over. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it was a great thing to see that, that no matter how many people got away from the mall, people always got in. They got in behind. They did it legally. It drove over. And it, when we were watching it we did we did know because uh, there was a cameraman in front of the camera angle but it was actually in actual fact it was a really clean try it went down straight and uh, there was a clear grounding it was really really good turned to see. around and looked at the touch judge and pointed at the ball that he was grounding at the time and screamed at him and the touch judge just stood there and didn't do anything you know and the ref had to come around and call it in the end it was but uh, again it was great to see such pressure uh, and again it, the, um, the mall felt like it lasted for about 25 minutes how probably about what 40 seconds 50 seconds but again the people broke off they rejoined um, and it, it, again it was great to see the discipline being kept that so that we could drive it over from, from that kind of distance um, look again great to, great to see hope to see more of it for the next couple of months uh, Irish independent columnist Dan McFarland has a bit to do with that I think oh Dan I mean I, I thought one of the best things that happened to Gallic was Dan getting the Emerging Ireland game the scrum is superb the loose play there's a confidence go back to last week when was the last time you saw Rodney Ayew jump over a guy and then do a Sonny Bill Williams at the back of the hand to pass it to Nathan who puts Mick through does a Boyne or just go through the legs to let, let Nee go there's a confidence within the back that they are that they are prepared to do things they know they're good in the scrum they know that you know the line out still has to be worked on but that can be done and they are confident in the loose that they can do this now for Mick today it didn't come off and a lot of lads they dropped balls that's just one of those days that won't happen every single game and it's it all comes back to they have been the fundamentals of the game through Dan have been improved to such a degree they know that, that they don't have to worry about that they can focus on those flair things that you wouldn't expect forwards to do you'd nearly argue with arguably the best forwards coach in the country now yeah he's definitely one of the most underrated you know and there was a real call for um, he was in with a shot of being the head coach when Eric left let's face it you know um, and it's good to see him getting some recognition with Ireland but we're so solid like we've consistently been performing with not 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 the greatest pack of players um, that that are in Ireland, but we're, we're consistently up there uh, in terms of you know par, par for par with the forwards uh, in terms of the set pieces every game, and uh, he's he's just a fantastic job. He's he's amazing that we managed to hang on to him for this long, quite frankly. Right, moving on, we're going to get to the Leinster game in a second. Just mentioning the press coverage, I was listening to Neil Francis today trying to do his uh, preview on Today FM, uh, <laughs> our favourite pundit on the planet, really. I, I don't know if this is universal for all provinces, but uh, he's, he's not universally loved. To him often, I don't listen to him, so I don't know what he makes of other provinces. I'm sure he said appalling oh, things about all the other three. So, anyways, I, I promised we wouldn't dwell on him because it's very little to do with him. But he did mention that geez, I don't know who the Connacht PR man is at the moment, but he said uh, uh, you swear they were world champions there all over the news. And uh, I, I hate to I hate to break this to him because he does have archaic views on certain things, as we know, <laughs> on other topics. He, he seems to be back in 1920, but uh, it's a woman who's uh, our PR here, and she's quite good at her job, she's Louise Breeden. And this, it's a really, really good message that's out there. By well, I think it is positivity. I mean, there is definitely a non-message. There were things last year, we, well, which, just as an individual level, I thought weren't were a little bit they were tacky, and I, I, I think there was there was some just small things that you know just didn't sit easy. But they seem so. They seem to have gone away over the summer and just realised that 
right, there is a brand, and we're going to sell it, and it's all part of a bigger thing. It's like Pat has been very much about the holistic approach to the playing squad, and now it seems to have emerged onto the branch per se. I think getting Willie Ruan in as CEO is a massive thing. Not only yeah. is it in terms of it is the next player, it's a it's a guy who's still living in Ballina and is coming down every day. Uh, I think Luis has been very uh, has been very good at getting his access to the players. Um, there's one minor issue at the moment, which is that the press room is unavailable. But in, but the way the last two uh, the training session press conferences have been held on pitch side, and it's it, it feels organic, and it, the guys the guys the, it, sometimes you feel if you're in the in the press room and it's in front of a table with microphones, it feels a very very stage managed. There's nothing stage managed about this because there's only four or five of us. I'm not even there all the time. So. I, can, I, I mean, I can literally tell you who the three people are going to be next week, and it, you you, yeah. you, you do come along when you can. There might be one other. We we know that we'll have a few on Monday because it's Leinster, and it's not coming down and because we're top of the table. So we might see somebody from a couple of the nationals. There's no guarantee of it. Uh, there are people in the nationals who back us back us to the hill. I think uh, I think it's only fair to say Jerry Dorney has always been very positive. Has always very, always really informed. On us uh, there are others. There are other newspapers. I would question whether in the past they have. Been on, have been going for, been on Connacht's side, but I think one of the most significant things that we have to praise is the fact that we now have an eight-page Connacht special pulled out every Friday in the Independent. Mm-hmm. Now it, it's it should have come out when when Leinster's came out and when Monsters came out, but it's there now and it's great. And I mean, as we saw today, your hometown club, Ballon Robe FC, uh, gets gets a, gets a mention. That's never happened before. The fact is that we are now getting rugby. As I say, the brand, the Connacht brand, is now out there in a national form. It would be nice if the Leinster branch and the Monster branch could also read this. As well, but then again, we don't read theirs, so there's no, issues. But, and I think it's, I think it's the independent readership. There are 520 odd thousand people in this province, Declan. There's only 4,000 turning up at the sports ground every week, and that's huge compared to what it was. And it's even, it's even really solid in rugby circles. But there's more to be had. Yeah, definitely. Like we have logistical issues with getting everyone into Galway, you know, on a Friday evening or a Saturday afternoon. Um, but it's, it's a big province. It's a fairly big population. Maybe not relative to the others, but there are numbers there to be had. There's definitely an increase to be made. Uh, and getting getting uh, a widespread distribution of uh, that the kind of supplements that uh, Dave was talking about across and getting people into domestic rugby at grassroots level and then into Connacht and stuff like that that's all going to help and it's all going to like chip away at um, building up a, a, a bigger sport base in the future Hey, uh, Leinster next week uh, get you in section but first of all Jay Keenan what, what did you hear this week in press conference? It was talking to Jacob we had, a, they, we had a access to some of the players there last week and it was before the, the Dragons game and I you know the boys were doing rotations so I got a chance to talk to Jake and he said the first question I asked him was I knew he'd come back from the, the surgery I asked him how the injury was and he indicated that maybe he felt himself he was maybe a month away from having full muscle and full strength in the shoulder so I said okay grants we when we did the rest of the interview and the last question I asked him was when did he expect to be back on the pitch and he said I hope to be getting game time this weekend which was the Dragons game I think it's possible he came back too I think it's pretty certain he came back too early Okay, yeah. Uh, in terms of the strength isn't quite there so it's we're it's, it's, it's worrying because it's a recurrence of the, of the old injury it would be it would make you I mean I know Willie Willie's taken a few big hits in the last two games taken some massive hits and has bounced back up which is good but if Willie got injured and with Jake you'd almost feel that Connick might rush Jake back again, which means he's going to have a perpetual series of injuries to the shoulder. And especially when you're coming up against Leinster, you do need you would have you'd rather have a fully fit Jake Keenan and leave him coming in and say like when the likes of Bundy and Mills are back, rather than rushing him back now and then losing him for the rest of the season. This happened last year. All right, that's on Jake, and that was interesting to see because we don't 
know as, as we record this podcast exactly where his injury is and look if, you'll forgive us if you're listening to this and, and news is broken on Monday uh, Shane Leinster next Friday night Friday night well, add to it I think it's going to be a rocking atmosphere there'll be, there'll be a good crowd down from Leinster too. Absolutely, there's always a huge buzz around for Leinster games in the sports ground uh, hope this week is not going to be any different it's traditionally been where we've taken one of our scalps for the year um, you know look, not going back to the, some, of, some, of the, some of the negative media portrayal that we've got in some of the papers over the last couple of years but you know people tend to view us as the team that takes their one big scalp their two big scalp and then traditionally underperformance for the year no I think we take a step up when when the provinces come to town of course we do they're the hometown rivals um, if, if, if we play t- as we play tonight it's going to be a very tough game uh, I think Leinster seems to be they're not firing maybe as they were towards the end of end, end of last season but again you're going to have to think they're going to come on a little bit more there's more there's uh, so much more experience there especially in the back line when it comes com- com- Compared compared to our backline, they're going to be absolutely ruthless when it comes to taking to taking their chances, especially when it comes to the penalties. I know Johnny Sexton isn't 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 back yet, but he is he is two able able bodied people there that are that are that are able to, to, to take the three points. Um, it's going to be a very very tough game, but look again, it's one where we've traditionally taken our points. Finish it off. Just let us know what's going to be like with the clan bar and and the crowds the next day. I mean, you're expecting a big crowd. The bar is buzzing off their matches. You have a carpet in there and everything. Yeah, we've actually. Actually, astroturf in there, Rob. Yeah, it's, um, it's actual astroturf. Yeah, uh, no, play a rugby match on it if you had. To. Yeah, yeah. You, maybe we will. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, generally the Leinster game is the best game of the year. You know, we'll um, we may even have one or two interviews afterwards with a couple of the players. Uh, we've been working hard trying to get you know bits of memorabilia and sign jerseys and stuff up on the wall. Um, so yeah, we kind of want to create create somewhere for your average Connacht fan to just kick back after the match, have a chat. Uh, maybe put on a bit of a show for them, a bit of an interview, something like that. Um, so yeah, we're hoping it'll be good. David, can they win? They can win. I think the, something we may need to take into account is, is there's a very obvious problem that Colin may have in the second round, which is is Quinn going to be allowed to even play in this game? Which is something we need to consider because he's had, he's been quietly effective in the sense that he, I always thought he was a penalty machine. But he's done very well in the first two games. Will Leinster even allow him to play? Will they allow John Cooney to be on the bench if anything was to happen at scrum half? These are little things that we've never had to deal with before. But as, can we win? Yeah, we can win. We know we're playing badly. And we've got eight points. You can imagine if we played well, how well we do. So I'd be quietly optimistic, but it's going to be tough. Absolutely, I completely agree. I mean, all of our criticism, and it's been relatively mild criticism of Connacht tonight, it's because we know they can do so much better. When they link up together, when they have a plan, when 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 they play according to the plan, all of that, if we do any of that next week, it's a win for sure. <laughs> Final word in this week's podcast goes to Orla. On top. Thanks, Erla. <laughs> Nothing else sad. <laughs> On top. Okay. All right, lads. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks, We've had our first heckler. We've had our second podcast. Look how well this was good. <laughs>